Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Benjamin Alonzo on the line with us. Uh, he's a fashion designer and uh, he has some pretty impressive outfits out there. But before we get to introducing Benjamin and what he's doing currently, Benjamin, uh, would you like to take a moment to kind of give us like the backstory of where you grew up, what that was like and what kind of drew you into the fashion world and if you did anything before that as well? So I grew up in a little town in uh, Northern California. It's called Lake County. It's a small remote town up in the mountains. So, you know, everything was peaceful. I grew up actually, you know, fairly poor. So um, growing up, everything was outside. You know, it was very nature, very ranch-like. And the, um, I was always very artistic. I loved, I loved to draw. And, you know, um, every time I my mom would wear her pretty dresses when, you know, I would tell her since being small, I said, mom, one day, you know, I'm going to have my own company and I'm going to make dresses for you, you know? And she chuckled because, you know, I was like five or six and she was like, oh yeah, you know, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for that day. And, you know, as I grew up, I, um, I kept on my sketches and as I grew up, sketches got better, you know, but my inspiration got better. And I was always very creative as a child um, from, writing many stories to drawing to um, imagination. So, you know, from small and humble beginnings, then growing up to being um, a teenager, I always was fascinated on how the fashion industry grew and evolved and how fashion can be such a important and such a powerful tool to, to be expressive. And, and you know, being... Um, very thin, tall, but very thin, you know, it was always very hard to find clothing that fit you because, you know, most of the generic clothes that I could afford was very cookie-cutter, very box-like, and I didn't have a cookie-cutter box figure, so I was thinking, oh, okay, well, what could I do if I ever have a company to help people who don't have a cookie-cutter shape, you know, and uh, and that's, you know, where it started. Cool. So when you say a cookie cutter shape, was that like if you shopped at like any store, it was like that? Or was it like the discount stores that were more like that? Or what was kind of, um, it, you know, like... it, yeah, it was more like a, um, when I was younger, we would go to um, thrift stores or Kmart that I don't know still exists. Or, you know, sometimes JCPenney's when, you know, when when I could afford it or when my parents could afford it. So it was very, because I was so tall and also very thin, you know, sometimes we would buy longer pants and we'd just take them in. So it was, we bought bigger sizes and then just took them in. And my mom knew how to sew, you know, since she was in high school. So she, she did a lot of our clothes. If she, we bought big clothes, she would just take them in. And that was also a big inspiration as well. Interesting. So, um, like, 
I, I think nowadays, like, there's a lot more brands that might be able to, like, fit, like, someone who's, like, tall and stuff. Do you think, um like, around that time, like, brands with, like, interesting fits uh, to kind of fit more body uh, styles kind of weren't around at the time, really, were they? No. So um, I've noticed that a lot of the brands started in either 85 or 87, so and then I was born in 87. So by time um, growing up, a lot of the brands had just started. So a lot of them were not, weren't as developed. And by the time, you know, I got to like maybe some mid-20s when I had a better job and could afford things at a higher price point, I found jeans that were had a smaller waist and were long or, or were a small but were, were like a small but were taller. So things brands did expand and did more evolve the older I got to be more inclusive to, to, to people with different sizes. So like just looking at it from the outside here, half of it sounds like your inspiration comes from just being creative as a kid and wanting to go out there and following your mom and then her footsteps and kind of being in that fashion uh, world there. And then the other half of it seems like as these brands were evolving, you were also evolving as well with your designs and kind of keeping up with what everyone was doing at the same time. Correct. And I did notice that uh, a lot of the brands, you either had to be, very, very thin, muscular, like it, it was very, uh, very, very pronounced. If you weren't pretty, tall, maybe blonde, blue eyes, like it, this wasn't the brand for you. And on the other hand, they were um, stores that were for the bigger people. So there wasn't really anything in the middle. You know, you either, um, you know, shopped at, let's say, Abercrombie, you know, who back in the days, you know, where you – who the people who wore it were, you know, blonde and very muscular or very feminine features for the women. Or if you went to like a Toyota or a, a you know, or an XL store, not there's anything wrong with any of them. It's just there was, there was a gap in the middle. You were either, you know, tall and beautiful or you were, you know, plus size, still beautiful, but, but bigger. So that there was a, a big gap in the middle and also between, let's say a Kmart and, uh, you know, a Gucci or, uh, uh, you know, there was nothing really in the middle for people. You either, you know, had the bottom of the line that was cookie cutter or the things that were more custom made were really expensive. You know, and uh, I thought to myself, okay, what, what can I do to gap the bridge in the middle where, you know, the, qu- the quality is still good, but it's not super expensive. So it's somewhere in the middle. So people in the middle, you know, can, uh, can get it or people, you know, any sizes or any funds can get it. That makes sense. Like I used to work at the mall, um, like around, uh, the years that someone normally is in college. And while Mm -hmm. I was working there, you know, you just see all these clothes all the time. So you're like, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try that. And um, while I was kind of doing that, like I remember when I was like in my early 20s, like I tried on a Dolce & Gabbana shirt and I was like maybe 20, 30, maybe 40 pounds less than I weigh now. (laughs) 
and my stomach just stuck out like crazy. <laughs> like, this is crazy how some fits are like this. But you're right. Like, some, you just have to be, like, super skinny. You have to be muscular or something. And, like, I kind of dabbled around, you know, just tried on a lot of clothes just to see what I would like and what I wanted. And it's kind of interesting how a lot of things really don't fit. They look good, but they just don't fit. <laughs> true, true. So... Now, so this February will be almost six years that that my oh last February that have been um, officially launched and you know I always thought oh you know you know have a clothing company you you know you get something you create it you know you slap your label and you know and and then you're good you know what I had such mis the, the misconceptions of of all was to run a company because I always saw these, you know, these huge designers though, they post it on Instagram. They look pretty, you know, they do these runway shows and then bam, you know, success. Ah, yeah, no, that didn't work. Um, finding manufacturers, finding someone who can actually create your vision and not even make it come alive, but that wasn't going to charge you an arm and a leg. Cause yeah, I could have paid someone from Italy or Japan, uh, you know, wherever, but then the cost I had had to reflect on the customer. And then what, what good was it if my price point was closer to a designer, you know? So it took me maybe six months, maybe closer to a year to finally re finally find people who actually could see my vision. And it was a price point where, you know, that people could afford. And especially living in a small town, you know, People were more closed-minded. People were more like, oh, you know, um, very subtle, very, you know, simple. They weren't bold and, you know, like people from the city. But, I mean, nowadays, more people from the city have been moving in. So the, the, the fashion in, in the town I live now it's, has been fluctuating. So it, it has more of an influence um, here and there. And, it is very interesting how external things can influence the way you design. And most people would say, oh, well, how did you come up with this? You know, um, as I mentioned to you before, um, off the air, it was every collection that I had designed, whether it was a, a, a heartbreak or was a traumatic experience or um, something happy happened in my life, instead of, you know, being depressed or being... No, I, I would sit down with my notepad and I would always carry a notepad with me or my phone and anything that I saw that inspired me, you know, I'd write it down or be like, oh, this can go here or this can go here. So when it came to fruit, you know, people were like, oh, that's really cool. You know, what does this mean? And I tell them the story and more people were inclined to buy something when I had a memory or an emotion attached to it, not just a simple piece of clothing. And I think that that in itself has helped me branch out which uh, at the moment i'm still growing and still learning I, I think what you said there is absolutely brilliant you took the struggle the heartbreak the great experience the horrible experience whatever it may be and you 
expressed it and to and turned it into art. Now, what a lot of people normally do is they go through some kind of experience, they hold on to it, and they kind of let them eat them alive. But what you're doing is you're taking that experience, putting it into a notebook, then turning it into a reality and sharing that reality or that story with others, and they're buying into it. And that's absolutely brilliant. That's not something that you see a lot of people do. Um, like fashion is extremely hard there's so many people who come up with new designs that are actually really good but you don't really see them make it that far like my friend um when i was working over at macy's a few years later he decided to make a t-shirt company he saw that shirts at fred siegel could go for like 50 to 100 dollars. so he made a bunch and tried to bring it to the store and get it sold in there but you know it's just so difficult to kind of going through that retail process i'm not a lot of people were doing e-commerce back in that day like they are doing currently and um while his shirts looked absolutely amazing it just wasn't uh, and a lot of people bought them it just didn't turn into something bigger you know and I, I think that's a challenge that a lot of people in the industry face as well but it seems that you're kind of overcoming it because you have those story story elements that are kind of built into the design of your clothing you know, and I and I do. I've had the struggles before, where some days, um, especially the pandemic, there there were some times where there were no sales, and I think to myself, "Oh my God, like, am, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing?" Like, like, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I have a regular day job who what that pays the bills, you know, and I was thankful for that, but um, my my, which is the business. There'd be days and I like I like I wanted to cry, I wanted to sink like into the hole and be like, okay, like is this really what's gonna happen? And then I'd go back to my feed and I would remind myself of all the amazing people that I met through modeling or through business or through partnerships, you know. And I remind myself if I give up now, I won't have any more of these experiences. I won't be able to meet amazing people. If I would have gave up two years ago. I would have never met you. You know, I would have gave up at the beginning. I would have met a bunch of the models. So that that in itself also keeps me going. So I have a message for people who don't have a voice of themselves can wear, you know, uh, a clothing piece. And that can be that can be their message to the world when they don't have a message for themselves. Sometimes people are too afraid or don't know how to express themselves and they rather buy a, clo- a, a article of clothing to help them express themselves when they're ready. I see a lot of people doing that and I think that's a great thing because that clothing item is more like an extension of yourself. Some people fall into name brands, some people fall into the cool things that they could find at the vintage store, but it really adds on a lot of personality to who a person is and kind of encaptures more of those thoughts because it's pretty hard to just go out there and say who you are with um, a lot of the thoughts that people have in their heads about themselves because that's kind of a lot for a lot of people but I mean going out there and kind of expressing yourself in clothing I, I, that's something that anyone could really go out there and do and once they really are able to like encompass who they are they're probably going to get some good results with that um, one thing that I was thinking is on your site you kind of have your clothing designs and you have the pictures of the models uh, showcasing it like any other site would. But 
if those stories that you share with people on an individual basis are what really trigger people into uh, going further and making the purchase, a place that those stories could live is on your website with each design. You could kind of talk about the backstory that went into it, maybe even show the notebook and the creation process, kind of put that behind the scenes there, maybe even share a bit of those stories on um, social media, and that could potentially pick up some more traction with your brand. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I will, I will note that, and I will uh, make some changes. You know, I'm always open for 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 criticism, whether it be good or bad, because, boy, I've had my share of, of the bad, and, you know, there'd be days where you're like, oh, my God, am I going to completely sink? Um, also, I've known who's actually is there for me, because when I started my brand, in the first two weeks, I lost a lot of the people who, who said were my friends. You know, they're like, oh, no, we, I don't want anything to do with you. And most people who where strangers or people at work, they're like, oh, no, no, I'll support you. So it has been an, a, a big influx um, from when I first started, you know, to what it is now. And and, and it is, it's amazing to see um, the people who, who they'll sell them something and they'll be like, oh, like, yeah, oh, I want it. Even before I started my company, my mom told me there are going to be people who see the product and regardless of what it costs, they're going to want it because it resonates like, like so far deep. And that has happened, you know, uh, various times. And it it is fascinating to see their, their glow, like their soul almost, you know, like shine when they see something that they're like, Oh my God, like, like this is me. And moments like that, that, that that I live for. And that's, that's truly amazing. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people could really encompass with art. Like I saw an, AR uh, Pokemon car, the Magikarp, for the first time yesterday. And I'm like, wow, this is the most amazing thing on the planet. And people get the same way about clothes, too. I mean, like, there's a few items um, I have where I've kind of had that reaction as well. And a lot of people could probably resonate and think of about a few things in their closet as well that they resonate towards, too. Um, so uh, it's about time for us to go off to a commercial break. I know people are probably interested in learning more about your clothing and about you. Where do you want to direct our visitors on this commercial break? Your website? So people can go to my Instagram, which is at Bench Clothing. Or they can go to my website, which is benchclothing.com. And if they have any uh, questions, they can always uh, message me on Instagram. Cool. And that's uh, B-E-N-J-C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G.com. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success 
is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you feel stuck, exhausted, or just unsure of how to handle everything at once that life is throwing your way, you'll want to listen to What's Important Now, Making Time for What Matters Most with Eva Medelec. Eva and her guests will help you learn to focus on the most important priorities in your life so you can handle them one at a time instead of being constantly overwhelmed. What's important now? Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here with uh, Benjamin Alonzo. And we've been talking a lot about uh, Benjamin's journey into the fashion industry and so forth. And one of the things that Ben mentioned is at the beginning, when he first started doing his designs, a lot of his friends left him. And, I mean, when I first started going out there and doing business things, a lot of my friends left me as well, which, uh, to me... Um, being a lot older now, it kind of really doesn't make that much sense. But I once heard that Elon Musk may have said, no, I didn't verify to see if this is true or not. But if you go out there and start a business, you should have like a party and celebrate it. And your friends should celebrate and share what you're doing. And I, I would assume that if he actually did say this, it's because when he started up something, he probably faced the same challenges that Ben, me, and everyone else faced. And I'm not sure if it's really what what caused it. Like, was it our age and the generation that we were in? Does this not happen to younger people who are like um in Gen Z, Gen Z now, or if it's just how society is overall? And it makes me wonder. Anyways, that's just something I wanted to think of. Um, Ben, you had a point you wanted to mention earlier. So yeah, it was um making your staple and making the people around you. Uh, know your vibe or know who you are. So so now um, people know that I love bold designs. I love bold colors. I like loud things. So um, I'll wear, you know, you know, I, so last year I had a watermelon collection. It was like a pinkish kind of reddish color. It was very, very loud, like a very, like a slap kind of loud. And on the top, it had like the, the watermelon rhyme. So that one in itself, people were like, wow, like, oh, okay. And it caught people's attention when I was like at the airport or, you know, grocery shopping or in vacation. And that in itself was a conversation starter or, and my mom did mention, she was like, hey, you should consider making classic, you know, more quiet designs. And I have to admit that was probably one of the hardest things to do to be, you know, to be classic, to be, 
you know, classy, like the black and the white and the grays. Since being such a loud and bold person, I really had to sit down and and say, okay, what I want to tell people with this one, you know, it it, it was, it's like, a, so now most of them, they're, they're pretty bold, pretty loud, but I have some that are, you know, very calm, very classy, you know, reserved. Uh, my favorite that I'm still working on uh, from last year, the watermelon collection. It's when you see, so when you cut a watermelon, there's different levels to even get, you know, to the juicy center, you have the hard rind and then you have that bitter white section and then you get to the sweet part. You know, that's usually how, how people's lives go. Sometimes people have to go through hard times, you know, bitter moments, you know, you lose people, you, you know, you gain people to finally sometimes appreciate the sweetness and, and what you have, you know, as integrity or as your family. So that's, that's where the watermelon came from, from so much bitterness and so much hard time came fruitfulness or the juiciness of the watermelon. I can see that. You got this exterior shell. You got to break through it. Everything's crap at the very beginning. Then you get deeper and deeper in and everything's great. <laughs> got a few seeds along yeah, the way, too. Yeah. And um, the one currently that, that I did, it was called Ocean Deep. And that one was more, it was more deep. So the people who are afraid to to dig deep inside and, and find what actually makes them a unique individual. Some people stay on the surface. They're just too afraid to dive in to see what makes them them. So what I, what I created was tentacles coming out of the water, you know? And I put, are you able to go deep into your personality, deep into your soul and find what makes you you? Or are you going to get lost in yourself and, is the monster going to get to you before you get to the surface? So, you know, it's, it's like, are you ready to see what makes you an individual or are you going to get lost in yourself and you know, get, get caught by the monster, which mm. is ultimately yourself? Interesting. That's pretty deep. And I, I don't think a lot of clothing brands really get that deep into, like, what they're designing. Like, um, when I'm thinking of, like, um, designs, like, um, kind of what you mentioned when you uh, said there is brand or that you like to be, like, very bold and so forth. And your mom mentioned to be a lot more conservative in some of your designs. It kind of reminds me of, like, Versace. You got the big Medusa logo uh, that's, like, stacked in, like, multiple places on a lot of outfits. You have the big gold lines that are, um, like, accentuated extremely boldly. But then... Um, I'm pretty sure, like, Donatella's main focus is kind of, like, on those designs. But then every now and then you'll see, like, the black shirt with the small uh, Medusa logo or some with, like, no printing or just the words and printed instead of the Medusa. So it seems like that is kind of part of the evolution of a brand in general to kind of cater to that boldness, but then also bring in the more subtle these who relate to those bold feelings, but might be too much, I don't know, involved in the business world, maybe to like bring those bold um, personalities out into their wardrobe and kind of, 
still feel that resemblance for it, but want to have more of the conservative style to fit their normal wardrobe, if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I do have some people who would say, you know, I love the design, I love the message, but I'm too worried what other people will say about me. You yeah, know? and so that that's the thing. It near the beginning that that's how it was. I could wear something, and oh, I didn't like it, and I'd never wear it again. And and then, but then you think to yourself, okay, well, what value are they bringing into your life so they can dictate what you wear? And little by little, you know, it took me several years to be like, okay, you know, to be more bold, to be like, hey, this is what I want to wear, and and if it offends you, you know, well, um, then maybe you need to work on yourself because maybe whatever offended you has something to do with your personality. And I'm not, you know, and I'm not rude. Like if someone can respect me, I'll respect them back. And, you know, I, and that, and that's, that's how I live my life. But, but sometimes you'll be like, Oh, you know, thank you for your opinion. And then you move on not to let it affect you because, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we need to be a better person and not a bitter person. And that's what I'm trying to do with, with their clothing for the people who, you know, who feel scared, not scared or, or who feel intimidated, you know, by the outside world, then they have the more calm connections, you know, the blacks and the whites or the navy blues, you know, or, you know, stuff that helps them slowly, slowly and slowly break out of their shell that maybe in the future they can wear more bold designs. But at the beginning, you know, you're working your way up. Yeah, that makes sense. And then um, it does help people kind of have more of an entry level into the way in. And uh, people do have interesting reactions when you wear something that's um, not a standard outfit. Like I have uh, tucks with some sequins on the uh, lapel and I wore that out. And then like my friends will giggle and laugh and be like, what are you wearing? And I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so yeah, like uh, that's kind of makes sense for people to kind of have that awkward um, thought about what their friends could potentially be saying about something because um, it's, uh, it's, it's received. I don't know if it's well received or not well received when someone kind of breaks the mold for it and it kind of takes some time to kind of get into that mold. Yeah, and, and at the beginning, you know, I'd think, oh my God, you know, how, how are people going to receive this? And, and I said, you know what? My goal is to inspire the people where, so whether you receive it, either negative or not negatively, I mean, I'm going to put it out there because sometimes I'd make one and I'd never launch it because like I'd have too many second thoughts and, you know, and I tell people, they're like, well, why haven't you done it? You know, one collection of mine I created four years ago. It just launched this year because I was too afraid of what people would think. Mm. You know, and it, 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 and finally breaking out and, and putting it out there because it is it's, it's very bold, it's very loud. But for the people who liked it, they're like, oh, my God, you're like, yes. Like, it's a white canvas, and it's just, like, paint splattered of different colors on there. And the goal was every color represents a different personality or a different type of person, whatever, you know, where whatever it may be. And that's, you know, and that's what it was. So it, it is. It's. It's been an interesting journey, but you know, I, I had just, my journey is just starting and we'll, and we'll, we'll see where we go and see what we create next. 
Yeah, for sure. And I could definitely see how it could be scary to go out there and put out a new release for something, especially when it kind of uh, might be at the, uh, you know, um, the how is this going to be received uh, area that uh, falls under new uh, ideas. And like, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone kind of like has that internal debate where they go back and forth and they're like, people are going to love it or people are going to hate it. And uh, you never really know what happens. So I don't know. It's kind of like that internal struggle and trying to like move forward from it. Yeah. In, in lately, um, what I have been doing is, um, so I have a manufacturer who, who makes the clothes when someone orders it. But lately I've been trying to do uh, like custom pieces. Uh, lately I, I did a shirt that I released that it was uh, 120 pieces and I did a pre-order for about a month, month and a half. It's, it's a white t-shirt and it was embroidered be unique on it, you know? And I wanted people to see that being unique doesn't have to be loud, doesn't have to be bold. It can be calm, cool and quiet as well but it can also be very bold you know the stitching in itself on the white shirt could be all the struggles you know because it's black it's a black thread on a white shirt so that in itself it you know can mean a lot and i did you know i got several sales and after the pre-order you know was done i took it off and then it won't it won't officially launch until april but then i also started to think okay um if I make something, not just from the manufacturer, like I like to sew and do other things. I started create, you know, like uh, mini backpacks, like start drawing. Oh, you know, and what about this? I would post it. Oh, what do you guys think about this? And trying to get, you know, feedback from the community. So um, at the beginning of the year, I started to sell uh, mini backpacks out of, out of faux leather. So I cut out 12 of them, white, gray, and black in a, like a crocodile print. And I took them to the community and I said, hey, these first 12, because I've never done this before, are to be X amount of money. If you buy from the pre-release, you know, at, at X dollars, you know, you're guaranteed next release, you know, at the same price. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to um, help people be like, hey, if you buy the value of this, I can offer you value down the line because you were, you were supporting me, you know, my pre-launch. And it, it also helps that people touch, you know, the, the, the fabric or the material. Or, and I like to create just random things. Sometimes I'll come home and I'll be so frustrated that one day I created a, an entire shirt in one afternoon because I was so frustrated. And, and there are certain pieces that I'll wear and be like, oh, where'd you get that? I said, and, I, and I'll tell people, oh, I made it. And they get shocked at it. Oh, like you made it. Like, oh, that's fascinating. And then, you know, that I can start a conversation like that. So that's always amazing. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. One, being able to uh, know how to do something so you could create something in an instant, like as soon as a day, uh, just like you did with that shirt with how you were feeling. Two, uh, because you're able to create things uh, on your own, you could test things real quickly to see if it's well-received or not because uh, people immediately tell you whether or not they want to go and purchase this. So it gives you more of an idea of if it's going to do well on a larger scale. 
And then um, what you mentioned about going out there and reeling people in by giving them like benefits for the next deal, I think that helps build a lot more loyalty in the community. And um, like you, you see people like when they hear about like a release with like Supreme or some other brand, they line up directly into the outside of the store and wait there. So it's kind of kind of building up a bit of that anticipation as well. I agree. And um, uh, I saw people, okay, these are the, you know, the three colors that I have for the mini backpacks that um, that I have. So I cut, you know, like I mentioned, I cut 12 and I said, okay, once, you know, once these are done, you know, the the price, you know, will increase and the people who, you know, bought it, get it that price. So, so and then after the real real launch i'll be able to offer more colors you know you know more more styles more designs because the initial run was my test run for the people who who wanted to and actually it it went really well you know better than i thought so i'm thinking oh okay you know um i can still have the the clothing that the manufacturer wear but when i make things personally you know and hand it to them whether you know in town or, you know, close by, or even, you know, mail it off to, you know, to a customer uh, that they have, they're more well-received. And as I've grown, um, I've changed certain packing habits. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be more professional, you know, um, thank you cards and stickers, you know, because when I first started, I didn't know what to do. I would put it in a box with a thank you card that I had gone from Walmart you know, with little little cutouts. Oh, you know, if you post it on social media, you know, this is your code. You know, it was very generic, very, like, very beginner. And, you know, I did get some people on social media that they would open their package on social media and then, you know, shut me out. And I, you know, I wouldn't expect that people would do that. But the fact that they did it out of their kindness of their heart without me telling them to do that, that in itself was also really amazing. So little things that I think that are personal touch that I, that I increase every time um, that I learn or that I get feedback from the community, I think helps little by little. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. Not a lot of people really take the time to go out there and promote something, especially when they get something new. They usually keep it in their house, but they don't really share it. So it's a really good thing that people are sharing uh, your designs, your clothes, and the happiness and the joy that they're having with that experience. It's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break. Uh, where can people find you again? So uh, Ben's Clothing, B-E-N-J Clothing.com is my website. And it is the same thing for my Instagram, Bench Clothing. And if you have any questions, I, you can message me there. Awesome. And you can find me at Mr. Larry Kim on Twitter. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And get Amplified. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel with a replay on Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard here with Benjamin Alonzo. And we've been talking a lot about what kind of goes into design, um, how Ben's been able to go out there and make a lot of different designs on the fly now, and how that is being well received by the people who are interested in this fashion. Um, one thing that I saw maybe about six months to a year ago that was pretty interesting was this guy was making shoes and he put Charizard on it and made it shoot out fire. He put Bulbasaur on it and had it shoot out grass. And with that came like collabs where he was like doing custom designs for. Uh, what's that lady's name that sings? Uh, well, he was like doing custom designs for I forgot her name. Anyways, um, but you you're going out there and you do some custom designs too, right, Ben? I did. So at the very beginning, I would uh, post something. I said, hey, you know, I can do custom designs, and I have you know a little scissors sewing machine. I said, you know, email for your for me a quote. Went months and months, and finally, um. An upcoming artist from Seattle messaged me, and he was like, hey, I'm going to do a music video. You know, I'm going to send you the deeds and the, and the designs, and then, you know, you let me know if you can create it. So, you know, I went over them. I recreated them. I sent them the pictures, and I told them how much it was going to cost or how much the breakdown of the cost would it be. He accepted. So I sent him a mock-up. So I have a Muslim material that I buy by the rule, and that's anything I create at the beginning, that's what it gets creative. So the client can try it on. He can write on it and be like, oh, you know, grab it here. The sleeve was too long or this was too long or the zipper moving this way. So, you know, they can write on it. So when I receive it back, I'll take it apart, you know, see the notes and then recreate it. So that's what I did. 
And then nice. I went shopping in San Francisco to to one of the fabrics shopping houses, and, and we did a we did a, a video call. The material that he wanted was something I had never worked with. It was like a stretchy plastic, you know, very shiny vinyl. You know, it wasn't even vinyl; it was more like plastic, like plastic pants. And then he wanted um, blue, uh, gray sequins, and then purple sequins. You know, and um, and he wanted a bunch of zippers everywhere. It reminded me almost like between a mixture of Tron and Michael Jackson. Very interesting. Huh. <laughs> That's um, an interesting mix. It was. It, it was. I tell you that jacket was such a labor of love because I didn't have my industrial sewing machine at the time. So there were a few times that I wanted to chuck the machine across the yard, and I did break two machines on that jacket. So wow. I mean. Every time I, every time a machine would get, I would get a better one, and you know, and I'd get a better one, and finally, the third one that I bought, I still currently have. But yeah, it was, and you learned a lot of. I learned a lot. So the machine, it didn't want to, to sew on the on the plastic, the black plastic, because it'd get caught. The friction would would stop it. So then I did my research. A lot of people would sew on tissue paper. So, so it could flow, and then after you finish, you just rip the tissue paper off, and then you were good. So, with that, with that pattern in itself, I learned a lot of sewing techniques and actually tested my abilities. So, you know, I'm very grateful. So, you know, um, I sent it to him. He did his music video. Um, he even let another band wear it. You know, and I got to see that. So, you know, little by little, um, I, amazing things like that happen. So, and you know, I'm very grateful. Uh, for little opportunities like that, you know. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I think people do use tissue paper. Like I remember my aunt, like when I was growing up, she would sew and then like put something that I, I think it's tissue paper, like on top of what she was sewing to kind of like help out with the process and everything. Not exactly sure what goes by, but behind it. But it's pretty amazing that your um art is your fashion and your clothing is out there on an artist. Uh, that person like who made the Charizard shoes. I remember like who he ended up having his clothing on, and it was Billie Eilish. So it's kind of crazy. I, I don't think Billy knew this. I don't think Billy knew who. Who this designer was like before uh beforehand i think she saw maybe like his charizard sneaker and was like wow this is cool and probably ended up hiring him and working with them so i mean with you working with the small artists like that's just the opening door like there could be more opportunities out there where uh bigger celebrities could reach out to you as well and have you make some custom fits for them you too know? oh yeah um last year I had a, a clinic director, uh, you know, of a of a clinic, um, messaging and be like, "Hey, um, I need a vest for Burning Man," and I was like, "Oh, okay." He wanted a vest and a jacket, but since it was short, so short notice, I was only able to make of the vest, and mm. uh, he sent me ostrich leather. I was like, what? So when I get it, it was this green dyed ostrich leather. It was the weirdest thing I had I had ever seen <laughs> and felt. It was very weird. So, you know, I, I, I made him the vest and everything, you know, and then I sent him back and um, he said everyone loved it at, at Burning Man. And I was like, hey, you know, when you go next year, just tell me uh, with with uh, more time and I'll make you your jacket and the vest. He's like, oh, the vest is for the day, but I want a jacket at night because it gets cold in the desert. 
And I was like, well, yeah, just tell me, you know, uh, beforehand and, you know, and give me, I looked up the theme of that year. It was something of the all seeing eye. I mean, I had the drawings, you know, posted, you know, I'll have, I'll probably post. So I have a, um, a book, a sketchbook, you know, and, uh, I sent them the sheet that, oh, you know, the eye's going to be here. You know, this material is going to go there. This material is going to go there. You know, I had little pieces of the material where they were going to go. I sent him a copy and he was like so fascinated. He was like, he's like, oh, but I leave in like in two days. And I was like, oh, I said, I can try. But I mean, even if I finish it, it's not going to get to in time. Like the two days I could probably finish the jacket, but the shipping time, I mean, it wouldn't work. He was like, oh, no, don't yeah. worry. Because I had already shipped the vest. So, you know. The, those have been my, my two biggest ones of, of custom creations. An ostrich vest sounds interesting. Oh. Like, I had an ostrich wallet, and I could see it working as a wallet, but a vest, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, and the inside was, was like a green kind of silk, and I still have little bits and pieces. So the cool thing is that what has happened is that the, the customer will be like, hey, this is what the fabric I want, you know, and they'll be like, okay, I, I need roughly this amount. And then whatever is left, they're like, you get to keep it. And that to me is always fascinating because then I have weird material that I don't usually work with to make whatever I want, whether it's a, a backpack or a jacket or a shirt or pants or whatever, you know. So that, that has yeah, happened on both occasions. I think that's pretty cool that you're able to go out there and, you know, like have these um, additional uh, pieces of garment that you could use. Like you could use that for like anything, making custom pieces, creating like little things for yourself. Yeah. Like that gives you a wide variety of things that you could do. And um, so when COVID first hit, um, I had experimented with, with, you know, face masks. So, and I was like, oh, you know, I tried a bunch of the designs and I had my family try them on. And finally, I, I had got a design that I wanted. So what I was doing, um, I was taking a bunch of different fabrics at work. And I'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm selling masks. And every mask comes with a little bag that you put your mask in, you throw it in the washing machine, and then and you clean it and then you wear it again. People were like, what? Like, this is cool because most people were wearing the disposable ones. So I think I... In one week, I sold about 30 to 40 masks in one week. That's a lot. Like, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize how much work was going to go into it, selling that many. But, and then, so what had happened because of the masks, my current boss was like, you can't take your mask off if you want to drink, you know? And I was like, okay, let, let me work around it. I ended up putting a zipper on my mask to open it a little bit and stick my straw up it and then have my drink. That's funny. That's pretty cool. So, funny. So, <laughs> you know, so my mom's like, hey, you know, that's being ingenious. So you're, you're still following policy and your boss can't get mad at you. So I walk in and she was like, and she didn't say anything. Like she was like, oh, like, like, like you won, you know? And then that ended up being a bigger thing too, you know, a, a zipper with a mask. So I ended up doing uh, several orders on that one too. I told people, oh, I mean, obviously it's going to be more because, you know, the zipper is extra. And people were like, oh, that's fine, you know. So there was probably about a month period 
maybe a month, maybe two months for it. I ended up selling a whole bunch. And because they were renewable, it, it kind of started to die down. And But I was like, hey, you know, I had my run. I took advantage of the situation, you know, when, when it was good. And then, and then I moved on. And now I have so much small pieces of fabric that I ended up making um, a mini backpack out of a denim and one, like a little square piece that I had just enough for the inside pocket. So, you know, I... I have designs that I have put in my in my notebook for future uh, backpacks that will replicate not replicate that will go along with each collection that I have. So if you want to wear a tainted heart backpack that's black and it's bleeding red, you can, and it'll be like fake leather. So you know, it, that's what I'm thinking. Most people uh, I've seen many backpacks are going really strong at the moment, and that's why I have been doing you know pretty well. So I'm making a whole bunch. So when summer comes, I can go to the festivals in my town or go to festivals, you know, neighboring towns. And they'll be like hanging up and they'll be like, oh, you know, I want that one or I want this color. Or if you want a specific color, you can go through the book and then I'll mail it to you. So I'm trying to think ahead of what people will want for the summer. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good to go out there and plan in advance. And another thing is as the festivals come back up, people were wearing massive festivals before COVID even started. So there could be some residual oh, yeah. sales have from that. Um, it's yeah. about time for us to like close up our show. Do you have any final thoughts that you wanted to go out there and share with our audience? So all I want to tell you is being a, being an individual and being unique is not defined in stone. If you want to wear hot pink and that defines you as an individual, go wear hot pink. To me, to me, gender, to, to me, colors don't have gender. So if you want to wear pink and you're a boy, go for it. You know, blue or girls, that, that's what I'm trying to tell people. Wear what you want as long as it's, but see, I wouldn't wear anything vulgar, like, or any words, but I mean, but if that's what defines you, you know, I can respect that. But find something that that not defines who you are, you know, not just a clothing piece. If you want to wear a white shirt and it has a little logo and you feel that, then go for it. And that's what I'm doing for my company. Every collection that I, I come out, I want to inspire people to be themselves and open up a little bit and have a voice for themselves. Awesome. So anyone else who's looking out there, uh, go out there and find that clothing outfit that really matches you and the essence of who you are. Check out Ben's clothing, clothing at benjclothing.com. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. Ben, thank you so much for sharing all your insights with us today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.